Let us not remain mere spiritual babes who need to be fed with milk, but mature believers who feed on solid food. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins. Good morning, my dear friends, and Merry Christmas to you all, wherever you're celebrating Christmas this season. And now, today, I would like us to look at the question of um, seeking God. For Jesus came into our world to seek and to save the lost. That's why he was born. That's why he spent three years preaching and teaching and healing and raising the dead and doing all those things that he did. And that's why he died also and shed his blood at the cross and rose again and went up to heaven and now intercedes on our behalf up there um, in heaven. And so now, um, people have been seeking God ever since the creation. And they're still seeking, even after the coming of the Lord, in many ways, in various ways. And we too are called to seek God, but not like the non-believers do. To seek God in a deeper way. And I'd like to touch on this subject this morning. What does it really mean for us who already believe to seek God? Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. As we cast our thoughts and our minds and on the activities of this season, Lord, I pray that you will be right at the center of it all. That at the end of it, your name will be glorified. Help us, therefore, to celebrate in an honorable manner, in a manner worthy of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our reading is uh, Jeremiah 29. Verses 10 to 14. And this is what the prophet says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Amen. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Now last Sunday we touched on the story of the Samaritan woman who was seeking the Lord in her own way um, even as she went such that even as she went to the well to look for water to fetch water her vast was not really in the body but in her soul uh, we said that. And when she met Jesus, then her, uh, her thirst was satisfied. Now, the great theologian, St. Augustine, underlined this fact when he said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. Now, may, the may stick that many of us Christians make after coming to faith is to imagine that this is all there is, that this is all that God has in store for us, that yes, our sins have been forgiven and we have become born again and that is, that is all. And so we can just sit and wait for Christ to come back and take us to heaven. It is true, of course, that faith in Christ is all that is required to be saved and to have eternal life. It earns you a ticket to heaven. But we must be careful, my dear friends, not to let ourselves be satisfied with mere Christianity, uh, which unfortunately is the place where many of us have fallen. Mere Christianity. Now, let me give you an example from the book of Acts, chapter 19. We are, we are told that there, Paul encountered some disciples in Ephesus uh, you know, who, had, who had received Christ, who are believers. Uh, of course, that's why they are disciples. But then he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, well, no, we didn't even know. There is a Holy Spirit. And that is, that is the condition of many of us today. I am saved. I'm born again. But I, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, well, well. I, I thought that is for the Pentecostals. If you are in the mainline churches, for instance. I, well, that's not for us. Many Christians have no knowledge whatsoever of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Now, in Acts chapter 2, Peter told the Pentecost crowd, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receiving, repenting and receiving Christ comes alongside the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
But you see, if we are not aware of it, we shall live as if we didn't have this. It is not something we need to go looking after as an addition to our salvation. My understanding of the scriptures is that this is the gift of all believers in Christ, genuine believers, a free gift. Today I want us therefore to ask ourselves, what does it really mean to seek God? We will answer this question, or we shall look at the, to answer this question, we, we, we shall just look at a couple of um, scriptures, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Now, we have read from the book of Jeremiah 10, 10 to 14, and I believe that this, Jeremiah 29, 11, is one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. People have always been quoting that, 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 that um, verse um, over time, as long as I have been a Christian. The question we deliberately fail to understand, nevertheless, to ask ourselves, is this, what does God require of those who believe in him? Jeremiah was, a, I mean, what, what the book of Jeremiah is actually in the form of a letter addressed by the prophet to the Jewish exiles who had been taken there as a punishment by God, exiles. They were now exiles away from their country in faraway Babylon as a punishment by God because of their rebellion against God. In chapter 2 of Jeremiah, God complains about his people and says, uh, and, says and, 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 and says that his people had committed two sins. One, they had forsaken him, the spring of living water. And two, that they had dug their own cisterns that were broken and could not hold water. In other words, they had rejected God and turned to their own ways. Now the question is, will God prosper the Israelites in exile in spite of their rebellion against him? Or does he give them any conditions? Now Jeremiah 29, 13, a part of what we read, actually answers this question because it's Jeremiah says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This is the operative words. When you seek me with all your heart. So, what does it mean to seek God? Given that the Bible teaches that God is actually everywhere. The New Testament says that uh, where two or three people are gathered in his name, um, okay, Jesus saying really that where two or three people are gathered in his name, he is present with them. If that's the case then, what does seeking God mean for a believer, born again person? Well, Jesus did also say that 
he came to seek and to find the lost, uh, as we said before. Now, therefore then, if that was his sole mission, when he finds the lost sinner, therefore, when he finds the lost sinner, does not the, does, does not the seeking then come to an end? Take the parable of the woman, for instance, who had lost her very valuable coin, and she swept the whole house looking for that coin. And the Bible says, when she finds it, will she not call all his friends to celebrate with her? And the lost sheep as well, the owner will celebrate because, you know, the lost sheep has been found. So then, why is it then that when a sinner uh, whose lost is found, that's not the end of the matter? Why is it not the end of things? Why don't we just celebrate and that's it? Let's look at the Psalms, the book of the Psalms, which gives us some, some light in this matter. This concept of seeking and searching for God is one of the common themes that we find in the book of Psalms. An example um, are, are the following, the following few uh, uh, quote, quotations from the Psalms of David. David was already a believer, and in fact, a very intimate, close of God, yeah, uh, uh, I mean, intimate friend of God, when he wrote these words. Listen to this. Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Note that these are already believers who know God's name. David says they never cease to seek God. Uh, this, this is Psalm, uh, Psalms 9 10. The, the, the next is, Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Psalms 24. My heart says of you, Seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Psalms 27. Oh God, you are my God. Honestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 63. Now, Moses as well, the great leader, of God's people, at one point pleaded with God, uh, as it is recorded in the book of Exodus, chapter thirty-three, to that he that that because he wanted he cried to God to allow him to to know Him more. Moses wanted to see God's face. Now, in the in the New Testament, Paul also expresses longing to know more about God. These are the words of Moses uh, to, to, to God. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. You see, so I may know you. Moses already knew God. Exodus 3. And here is Job. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. 
Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And here is the great Apostle Paul. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Clearly, my friends, all these great men of God were not looking for salvation, but they were looking for more of God. Now, I propose that there are four, four kinds of seekers that we can easily uh, discover uh, in, the, in the books from the Proverbs, the, the Psalms, and, and um, the Bible generally. There are four kinds of seekers, seekers of God. First of all, there is the simple. Uh, we read about these ones in, in Psalm 19, uh, verse 7 particularly. We, here we read that the laws of the Lord are able to make wise the simple. The simple are therefore unwise persons. They love their simple ways. They live without thinking and are too lazy to change. They will be sorry for this, of course, when they realize that um, what they have is just a small little bit of what God had prepared for them. Then uh, the Bible talks about mockers, Second Peter chapter 3. It reveals what scoffers um, and, and mockers do. They mock, they laugh, they despise and ridicule the ways of God and enjoy doing it. They are rebels against God, proud, arrogant. They let everyone know they don't care about God and ridicule those who believe in him. They mock God, but in the end, God will mock them. Then they are fools. And the Bible says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Since there is no God, fools live as they please. They are corrupt. They think, they think they are clever and try to live independently of God, depending on their own foolish advice and rejecting God's wisdom. This kind of Believers or mere Christians seek, but they do not find. Now one day, says the Lord, disaster will strike. And the simple, the mockers and fools will then cry out to God and desperately try to seek him. But God will now mock them and laugh at them. And then there are listeners, Proverbs 1. These are seekers of God, and they are blessed people. These are, the Psalm 1 says, blessed, you know, is the man who meditates on the word of God day and night. God also hears them and blesses, and blesses them with peace. God blesses such people with peace, and they live without fear. So, let's go back to Jeremiah, verses 29, 12 to 14. 
Now, uh, this is what I understand Jeremiah to mean to me. That God has given great plans for our future. But he wants us to seek him more passionately. God wants us to know him more deeply, to love him more sincerely. As the chorus to an old hymn says, more about Jesus, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. My dear friends, those are just a few words, few verses, few quotations from the word of God. But let's, let's not, let me turn to you now, having heard these scriptures. Do you want a relationship like the one described in these verses? Do you want that kind of relationship with God? Our lesson today, I don't know what your answer is. I hope it is yes. Now, here is our lesson. Let us not be satisfied with mere Christianity. Let us not remain mere spiritual babes who need to be fed with milk, but mature believers who feed on solid food. As we celebrate Christmas this year, let us seek God with everything we have. Every day and every night, let us seek him for that his, that is his will. Let us spend more time with God in meditating in his word, in prayer, and in his service. Friends, let us determine to live the abundant life that is a gift of God to those who believe in him through his son Jesus. My dear good friends, we often behave like the simple. We are satisfied with too little. God wants to give us more and more. So let us ask for more. Seek for more and knock for more. Let us seek him as a precious jewel. God is our all in all. With him, without him, my friends, we are just dust of the earth. There is no life in us without the breath of God in us. And so let us seek God. Let us seek to have more of him and do more of his work and love more, um, love his people and those sinners who need to hear the word of God. Let us show them our love or the love of God for them by taking time during this time of Christmas and share the gospel with them. Let them know why Jesus Christ was born, why we are celebrating Christmas, and help them to celebrate in a, in a worthy and godly manner. And may God bless you, my friends, as you do that. Amen. Father, we, you have spoken to us in a word that is clear and powerful. Help us, Father, to respond in a manner that glorify your holy name. Help us to live the life, not just quote the words, but put everything we read in the word of God into practice. This we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our loving Savior. Amen.
this book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins. Just.